Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, then, uh, beginning in verse 8. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without reason. Like Sheol, let us swallow them alive and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all precious goods. We shall fill our houses with plunder. Throw in your lot among us. We will all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. But these men lie in wait for their own blood. They set an ambush for their own lives. Such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. We'll focus on the 20 to the end. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? If you turn at my reproof, Behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refuse to listen, have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm, and your calamity comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord yours forever. Again, wisdom sounds uh, this warning. Uh, wisdom warns us even about our wants and our desires, the things we long toward, the things that we want to pursue. Uh, the voice of our culture, I think, typically urges you uh, to fulfill those desires. Uh, what is it that you want? Go after it. What is it that you long for and crave? Find the way that it can be fulfilled and satisfied. Then pursue your dreams. Go after it until you find that satisfaction. Um, 
Sometimes that's so much true that it's almost uh, seen as oppression to, to uh, encourage someone not to go after their desires, to encourage them to deny uh, themselves and say no to some of those things. But however much our, our culture may say, pursue those desires, go after it, uh, anyone with, a, with an ounce of wisdom knows that, that following your desires can be dangerous. Um, it can lead you into uh, things that, that aren't going to be good or healthy or in, board, in, in badly. Whether that's desires like uh, jealousy or vengeance, or if it's just the desire to go ahead and send a text back because you're almost at the stoplight or, or, or you know where you are on the road. It, in that first part of the chapter that we, that we read, the Father's words warn of evil desires, warns of desires that we have toward, toward bad things things that are enticing, that are alluring, that even though they're evil, uh, we long for them, and shows us how uh, it traps us, the consequence of it. But now, in this passage, uh, wisdom herself takes up the warning. Uh, Wisdom is calling uh, from the public places, calling from the corners of the street, and she herself calls out, and it's a warning of not wanting good things. So the, being against the, the, the uh, good, not having a desire uh, for good things. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of good things that uh, really aren't always so appealing. Like if I see a nice bowl of spinach, some of you may be like, hmm, I bet that's delicious. I like that even better than kale. But for me, if I see that bowl of spinach, it doesn't matter how many episodes of Popeye that I've watched as he opens up the can, his muscles get all big and olive oil comes swooning. Um, man, it just didn't do it for me. I've tasted the stuff. Uh, it may be healthy for me, but when I see it, it's not appealing. It's not what I want. Um, there are a lot of good things that will be valuable for you, that will be healthy for you to pursue uh, that a lot of times we don't want. So this passage is warning us against, warning us about uh, the things that we don't want, even if we should. Sometimes that's as simple as getting up in the morning. There's a reason those alarm clocks have such a horrible uh, sound, because it's already not appealing. Uh, and you have got to have something that's shaking you out of it to get you out of bed. So you're hit it several times. I just saw um, something the other day about an alarm clock that had a... Um, uh, pins like sticking out of it so when you hit the snooze you would actually be stabbing yourself if you're having trouble getting up you know there's there's one thing uh, that might uh, that might help you don't necessarily recommend that but um but it's good for you to get out of bed but it's not necessarily so appealing especially if you end up spiking your hand uh, going to your class is part of the reason that you're here. You're excited about learning and your major and what you can find and all these things until you start thinking about the dull prof who just kind of goes droning on and on about the material that you don't get and really haven't understood in the book. And you're like, why am I even going to go anyway? And it's just not as appealing, uh, even if it's good. Um, or opening up the hard uh, textbook or even having to carry around the, hard, the big textbook that weighs like 50 pounds. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to spend $120 on it. I'm not going to carry it around. I'm just going to get someone else's uh, notes. <clears throat> Look, sometimes there's things that are good, that are healthy, but we, we don't want those things. Sometimes it's as simple as just being patient. Uh, maybe sometimes that's being willing to enter into a friend's pain. Sometimes I think we don't want to don't acknowledge or don't want to think about the motives behind our actions. 
why it really is that we do some of the things that we do. We don't want someone to point out the pain that we may have caused uh, to a friend. Sometimes you don't want to know what some God thinks or what the Bible might say. Uh, You don't want to spend time in it. We don't like to hear about our sin. We don't like to hear about hell. We don't like to hear about judgment or rejection or what's deserved or the consequences of it. And Jesus is not always who we want in our life. And so we have, a, we have a need to be warned about our desires, to be warned about what we don't want. That there's good things that are valuable that we need that we would rather turn away from. And so wisdom calls out to us and says, how long until you, if you would turn at my reproof, if you would look and listen to these things that you don't want to hear but that you need. Part of what the passage brings out is that we have a strong tendency to ignore wisdom. Wisdom kind of seems boring. Uh, it's not necessarily what we, what we want. Uh, you hear uh, a wisdom statement in uh, verse 25, because you've ignored all my counsel. It wasn't something enticing and appealing that drew us in that we wanted. It was, it was something that we preferred uh, to ignore. And the passage paints this picture for you of a scene of ignoring wisdom, of wisdom calling out, uh, calling out especially to the simple, that's the the gullible, the inexperienced, the young who are are learning uh, maturity but haven't learned it yet, and she calls and she speaks to them of wisdom and maturity, but she's ignored. And it paints the scene of as she's been ignored, the consequences uh, that follow. So as we look at this passage, what are the good things that you don't want? One of the good things that you don't want to hear, are the good things that you don't want to involve yourself with, are the good things even that you may need, are that you prefer to ignore, uh, even things that would call you uh, to turn out of yourself uh, and, and repentance even to dwell in God's love. So first of all then, what you, um, what you think that you don't want, I include myself in that, what we think uh, that, we, that we don't want. Uh, wisdom uh, calls out, and she calls out, how long? How long until you would listen to me? And she's bringing out for us what it is uh, that we don't want is wisdom. Uh, What we don't want is wisdom herself. We don't want to uh, interact uh, with wisdom. Not that anyone would say, no, I don't want to be wise. Uh, Please, can I continue to be an idiot? That's the way I want my life to go. Uh, we We don't say it that way. Um, but wisdom's not hard to find here, is she? Where do you see wisdom? Is she, is she in some kind of secret place? You've got to know just the ways to locate. And she is in all the public places, uh, calling out loudly, inviting anyone to come. Uh, she's down in the union. Uh, she's, she's, she's the yard sign sticking, sticking around the ground. She's the, she's the billboard. She's uh, on your social media. She's, she's there. She's in all the places that you are. You're hearing her. She's calling uh, to you. Uh, in the larger scriptural sense, uh, uh, God's always making himself known to us. Uh, the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim his handiwork, Psalm 19 says. Uh, day to day, pours forth speech, night to night reveals knowledge. So all of creation and the passing of time is actually making God unknown to us. Um, <clears throat> wisdom in this passage is here. She's not hard to find. 
So what's the problem? We don't want her. We're not interested. Good advice isn't that hard to come by. You want to think about it in a practical sense, but it's a lot harder to follow, a lot harder to listen to, uh, to learn from. Um, so, so I want to encourage you, feel bad for wisdom for a minute. Here, here's wisdom. She's personified. She's, she's uh, uh, in this passage. She's on all the things, calling out to everyone, listen, listen, how long? Well, she's been calling out there for a while, uh, speaking to people who need her, um, calling them to herself, saying, if you would turn, I would give myself to you. Um, so, so feel bad for her for a little bit. Um, if you're walking through the union sometime, you got or, or uh, you know out there in front of ACB, someone's passing out the flyers for some random thing, or you know elections are coming up. You have people trying to talk to you about that, and hardly ever are you interested in what they're passing out, right? Um, and so maybe you kind of look down, and you avoid eye contact. But if you're the you're know, like one or two people fo- following through, it's almost like you feel bad for them, so you're just going to take it anyway. Right? How long have you stood there with no one taking the flyer? Yeah, thanks. You know, you're like, okay, when's the next trash can where I can throw this away? Um, here she is, calling out, calling out, uh, but no one's interested. Um, or, or as a as a girl who is, uh, you look at the different ways that the passage uh, describes it uh, here. Um, she's refused. Look at verses 24 uh, and, and 25. She's refused. No one has heeded. They've ignored. I would have uh, none of her. No one, no one wants her. Everyone refuses her when she says, here, here I am. No one's interested in paying her any attention. They don't heed her. Um, we hate to feel ignored. Not even worth being noticed. Um, and not wanted. That's not because anything's wrong with her. Um, uh, uh, she's, and she's not just there looking for attention for herself. She's there with compassion uh, for others. You, you, hear, you hear it's a frustrating compassion, but it's a compassion and a longing to draw in. How long? How long will you continue when there's something good that I have uh, to offer you that is, that is for you? How long will you continue not to want me? It's, it's not so much hard to be wise, the passage is saying, as it is that, that we're not really interested. We don't want to be. Well, well why? Uh, it starts to go into that for you. Because when we hear wisdom, we hear her calling on the streets, we see, her, we see it as nothing special. Um, nothing, nothing really worth noticing here. We tend to prefer, uh, to, to parallel the earlier part of the passage, uh, the friend coming to you and saying in secret, hey, hey, we've got a plan. There's something that's something really good that we want you to come into with us. And together we're gonna, we prefer something that's enticing, uh, that's hidden, that, that's a secret knowledge that we've been led into, and now we can build things on this. But wisdom is obvious. Uh, she's straight out and clear. It's obvious. It's the common sense that's so commonly uh, ignored or missed. Um, or I think about it this way, uh, for, for, you know, all the, all the trends of like what you're supposed to eat, what, what you're supposed to do, exercise, like all these things like come and they go and they change, but like there's this consistent all the way through it that for years and years doctors have continued to say, eat a well-balanced, moderate diet and exercise regularly, and that's generally healthy, right? Um, but that's like the obvious, clear, good sense 
but like what we do instead is tend to be oscillate between, uh, you know, binge on something incredibly delicious for a while or go after those things and then swing back to the other side and it's what's the next bad diet that I can get on? And you have like books after books after books that are like, can we just say like eat healthy and less? But no, like we get the next bad body that this is going to go for us. Or the next, here's the new workout plan that's going to give you ripped body this way, these abs, this great. And we're like, wow, like is that what it takes for us to, we want something that, that, that calls with that way with flash and hype. And wisdom speaks the truth clearly and obviously. The things that we need, not necessarily the things that we want. Of things that uh, uh, that we think are, are nothing special, to use uh, Tolkien's phrase, not all that's gold uh, glitters, uh, but there it's value. And not only do we just not see there's anything special, it get, the passage gets into it a little bit uh, more than that. If you if you see it here, um, look at the way it talks about uh, the simple and the scoffers and the fools in verse 22. Uh, what is it that they do? How long, those simple ones? They're not listening to her. What are they doing? How long will you love being simple? And, and maybe we should just say, like, stupid. <laughs> How long, you stupid ones? Without the insult, but just the, uh, the inexperience of it. How long will you continue loving doing stupid things? How long will scoffers delight uh, in, in, in mocking uh, and fools uh, hate knowledge? This way, these, these desires that we have, we feel like uh, wisdom is going to get in the way of those. And so we're not interested in wisdom because we love something else, not her. We don't delight in her teachings because we delight in scoffing. Uh, we don't love uh, knowledge because uh, we, don't, we don't love what she says because fools uh, hate, hate knowledge. Like this, if, you, if you've ever seen the conversation with someone who is uh, presently dating Mr. Wrong, um, Maybe that's been you. Maybe you've been involved in that conversation with someone else uh, who's dating. Maybe it's Mrs. Miss Wrong. Um, and it, I mean, it almost never goes well. Right? There may be several friends coming around or family saying, what are you doing? Do you see the way this person treats you? Uh, do, do you see the things of where this is going? How do you expect this to, to end? But there's enough of affection and desire of that person that they're already dating that they love this person, they're not interested in your wisdom, however true it might be. Um, right, and pretty quickly, what often ends up happening is the more that's forced, uh, the more that their love for them turns into a hate for, for you, if you're the one giving them advice. Uh, it's difficult. We have these, these things that we love, that we delight in. And if wisdom's going to get in the way of that, why bother, why bother listening? Uh, sometimes it's just, uh, you, you like the way that it feels to get high. Um, or at least you like that environment and hanging out with friends and the social uh, enjoyment that you have there. Um, maybe you'd rather uh, spend an hour or two with your girlfriend or your boyfriend just, just making out. Um, because that feels like a really good way to spend your time. Uh, more than uh, studying or uh, reading the Bible or be, being considerate of other people and what... Uh, what needs and how you can serve someone else. But we have these things that we want that push away uh, these, these other, uh, the, the way of wisdom. Maybe it's just that you enjoy correcting people. You enjoy showing what you've learned and what someone else happen, hasn't. 
Um, and standing a little bit taller and a little bit prouder in your self-righteousness because you love that and you delight in it and it feels good to scoff on others. The reason that we don't want wisdom is because she gets in the way of other things uh, that we delight in. And the danger is this movement from being uh, the inexperienced, the simple, uh, the the inexperienced uh, to those who then start to become a little more hardened and now we scoff that she would say that, really, you're going to talk about just making out? I mean, we weren't actually doing all, I mean, kind of, not, we weren't doing anything. It was fun. And you begin to scoff at someone who would even be so prudish as to call something wrong. And then you move the step even more hardened to say, um, I'm against these things. Why would someone bring up God? Why would someone bring up our scripture? They're just trying to push their values on you that's just, uh, that's just made up and man-made anyway. There's a danger of that movement as we refuse to listen uh, to things that we don't want to hear. But, but what is it that she's really offering? Why is wisdom calling out? Why is she calling out with such compassion, uh, such love, uh, and, and uh, drawing them in? What's she, what's she offering? If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words unknown to you. What she's offering is even the gospel. She's she's offering wisdom, uh, that that the spirit of wisdom would then come, and and her thoughts, her uh, knowledge would be yours. You would know her her words. In other words, you would would know how to live well. Uh, You would know what to do, what to follow, how to uh, live and enjoy uh, the good life no matter the circumstances. The spirit of wisdom uh, is talked about in Isaiah, and as Isaiah 11 uh, speaks about the coming Messiah. Uh, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, this coming Messiah. Uh, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Uh, that spirit of wisdom that she gives is the very spirit uh, that Christ uh, has. It's the, it's the spirit, the Holy Spirit that Christ himself gives uh, to those who ask, uh, that draws them to himself, that makes us uh, his people. It's pointing us uh, to Christ who is, as 1 Corinthians says, the source of your life. Uh, he is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But the gospel comes to us, though, as a warning, as a warning that we don't like to hear because it says, if you turn at my reproof, if you admit that that resting yourself and where you are and where you're going isn't what you need, but you need me, if you come, I will give myself to you. I will pour out my, my spirit. But It involves that repentance and that turning. And in this passage, uh, the scene uh, uh, presented here, that offer falls on deaf ears. Um, We're warned of what we don't want. We're warned of what we think we don't want. And then as the passage draws out the consequences for us, it turns out to the other side and speaks to us about what what we actually don't want. We think that we don't want wisdom's obvious, clear pronouncements calling us away from these things that we delight in and to God, to, to his love, uh, acknowledging our sin. But what we actually uh, don't want uh, goes a lot deeper, things that we don't like to think about. 
Uh, you may not actually prefer spending your time studying. You can think of more fun things to do. You may uh, not prefer going to class to going to the beach. Um, but you'd rather, you'd rather pass. You'd rather graduate. You'd rather be able to get a job. Um, <clears throat> but wisdom teaches us to look at the consequences of our choices. Not just to follow whatever desire most wants to be gratified right now. Not whatever desire seems most compelling uh, right now and what just seems like I don't know how to rest and be satisfied if I don't go ahead because I can't get this one out of my mind. It teaches us to look at the, uh, the consequences. And the scene of this passage, what it does is portray the consequence of ignoring wisdom. Here's wisdom. She's been calling out. She's calling out, how long will you not, uh, will you not listen to me? And then the situation changes uh, and her tone uh, changes. Uh, it's not that she, that she runs out of patience, but it's the scene that changes and now is the time of judgment. And so it presents almost this uh, Ebenezer Scrooge type of experience. Uh, it's motivating a change of behavior now because of uh, the future that it would lead to. Right? Uh, it's probably safe to say um, that what we most don't want is judgment, uh, is rejection. Uh, the language we often have in scripture of, of hell, of God's condemnation of us. We don't, we don't want to be caught and the consequences of the decisions that we've made, um, of the ways that we've rejected God and chosen our own uh, selfishness or ignored, uh, uh, ignored his principles. Um, but here, wisdom comes and it draws that out. It says, because, because, because you've ignored, you've rejected, you haven't listened, you haven't wanted, and you would never hear, now I will laugh. I will mock. Uh, the compassion of wisdom comes, and it's, it's, it's a harsh note. Uh, and I don't want to ease that up too much for us. The passage gives it uh, to, to sober us uh, there. Um, <clears throat> there's calamity, a terror, distress, and anguish, and it speaks about it with a finality that points out to hell. Uh, we don't want to be caught in the consequences of it, but here it's the fullness of that consequence of it. Uh, uses the language of it uh, you see in verse 27 when it strikes you like a storm your calamity like a whirlwind stress and anguish come upon you some of you are Floridians some of you may have been through a hurricane we've certainly all seen the kind of devastation that a hurricane can bring for us though now like we have the weather channel you can turn on the weather channel. You can know, like, you know, three weeks out, here it is out in the Caribbean and where it might come and whether you need to uh, leave to go that place or not. But there's a reason for us to stay in, the, stay in the calm before the storm. When you're without that, when you don't have the radar tracking everything, it's a nice day one day, and the next day a storm is hitting with a power that you never saw coming. Uh, the power of the, you know, tsunami in Indonesia and those kind of things. Uh, that just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, can wipe you out. And it's saying, ignoring wisdom, here's, here's the kind of thing that comes and feels like it comes out of the blue. And wisdom says, here she'll be laughing, a mocking. Uh, she was spurned, now she's uh, spurning. Um, I, I think on a different note, we, we tend to, uh, we can enjoy uh, laughing at, at you know, certain types of humor, like slapstick humor, three stooges, and they pick up the ladder and they you know, twist it around. Someone's always getting hurt and then coming back around. 
Like we can we can stop and we can laugh at those kind of things. Or um, one of my favorite cartoons. Uh, hopefully you've still seen some of this well before your time or my time. But but Roadrunner and Wiley e. Coyote. Oh my goodness, it's just just so funny. Like every time, uh, there goes uh, Wiley e. Coyote and he's off the edge of the cliff and then he stops and looks up at you and down and he falls plummeting into this big hole, right? And then the rock falls over and cracks on top of him. And then he looks up, and there's an anvil that comes down. And then you know it's coming. He looks up again, and there's the piano, like smash, right? Um, or here, here he's chasing the roadrunner, and we've already seen roadrunner uh, stop at the rock and paint the, um, paint the picture of the, uh, of the train tunnel and the train tracks. Right, so uh, roadrunner comes, and he goes past, and then Wally Coyote comes and runs, and like smack like a pancake right into it. As he peels himself off, then a train actually comes out of the tunnel and runs him over, right? And we can watch it, and we just, it's like we're, we're, we're laughing. We're mocking at his stupidity. And what wisdom is doing is warning us not to be Wally Coyote in real life, continuing to make the same mistakes, ignoring her truth, because Wally Coyote continues to get up and do it again and again. Uh, and she's speaking of when that isn't an experience anymore when the judgment is final. The language of the passage, it goes from this laughing and mocking in verse 26 and 27 uh, to an even deeper rejection in 28 and, uh, and 29. That all the way through, she's been speaking to the simple. She's been calling uh, to them. She's been telling them why. And now she says, she, she, she stops addressing the ones that she's been talking to the whole time. Uh, the, her, her audience changes. Then they, has been us, you, then they will call, but I won't answer. Even though at that point they seek me diligently, they won't find me. Uh, it speaks of what we don't, what we actually don't want. Uh, to be looking for hope and rescue uh, of salvation from the Lord and meeting only with rejection and condemnation. This just, she says, because they hated knowledge, because they did not choose the fear of the Lord. And what's happening is they're being given exactly what they desire. Right? They shall eat the fruit of their own way. They shall have the fill of their own devices. It's like in the previous section, they've set the trap for themselves. Uh, wisdom is describing it here. It's a giving them over to their own desires, the way Romans 1 would express it. <coughs> Uh, a fulfillment of judgment. If they've always wanted to be away from the Lord, then there's the danger for us of always being away from the Lord. But you see what wisdom is doing. Wisdom is warning us. Wisdom is warning us now before that happens, uh, before that harsh tone comes uh, maybe to us, uh, and she speaks that we would now, it's still the call of how long, if you would turn, I would give myself to you. Uh, maybe that's even a call for us to join in uh, with uh, the voice of wisdom calling out uh, to the people around you on this campus uh, to, to call out and speak of, 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 of God and his grace uh, to sinners in Jesus. The obvious truth that's our desperate need, uh, what we think we don't want, but what we actually want uh, more than anything. I don't like to brush my teeth. Just going to go ahead and put that out there. 
and admit that. I do. I brush my teeth. If I've ever had bath, bad breath around you, I apologize. But I do. I brush my teeth. Karen can give witness every night. I've got my little electric toothbrush because I don't like to sit there and get it. So it's like the, the faster. Um, but, I, but I don't like to uh, brush my teeth. And I can remember uh, in high school going to bed uh, at night. And I would like, okay, I've stayed up. I've been working on this or hanging out with friends. And I'd be on, on the stairs going up to bed. And I'd just go, really want to stop and brush my teeth and inevitably like every single time that I would do that um, right after that I would hear my mom's voice David did, did you brush your teeth <laughs> I mean it didn't like she could have been in bed for an hour and a half of two hours like not a peep and I'm walking up and if I sign up, I'm just gonna hear her voice David did you did you brush your teeth um, and it was, it was so annoying. It was annoying to be called. And it's like, how did she hear? How did she know that I didn't? Uh, all right, but because I heard that again and again, I just knew, okay, I've got it, I've got it. It's the voice of wisdom calling out to me, um, <laughs> brush your teeth. Because uh, we've all seen the pictures of what happens if you don't brush your teeth. If you've been around me, you know that I have a bit of a sweet tooth. I can drink sweet tea by the gallon per hour, uh, and it's, it's great. Um, so if I wasn't brushing my teeth regularly, um, let's just say it would be, it would be pretty bad. Um, and if that was the case, then my mom's voice could, could, could be there, um, uh, um, speaking, laughing, mocking. Um, I'm not going to help you out. There's nothing I'm going to do uh, for you uh, about this. Um, <clears throat> We often don't like to hear wisdom, but we need to listen to it. Uh, we need to uh, follow it as it calls out, even on those obvious, uh, clear things. Even the obvious call of that we're not right. We don't have it all together. We're not perfect. We haven't followed God's law. We're not enough to earn favor with him. Oh, but the wisdom that Christ is enough, that he has done all for us that his spirit equips and leads us in his way. What are the things that you don't want? The good things that you don't want to hear, that you don't want to listen to. Wisdom calls us to listen now while there's still time, to not wait until it's too late. Father, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of the call of repentance. Now is wisdom outstretched hand to you. Um, turn from my reproof and I will give you the spirit of wisdom so let wisdom's annoying warning uh, continue to call out to you uh, from the street corners from the union from your friends uh, from your social media uh, from scripture from creation itself in the passing uh, of time and turn and listen to her voice we put the whole thing together, just putting verse 22 and, and uh, 22 and 32 together with um, 23 and 33. How long, O oh simple ones, we love being simple. How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Jump down to 32. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. 23, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Down to 33. Whoever listens to me will dwell secure. 
and will be at ease without dread or disaster. Wisdom warns you of what you want, what you think that you don't want, what you actually want. It tells you of the two paths of the choices that you're making. I hear her call and receive by her spirit of wisdom.